0: Welcome back to the FOTPs. What up, what up? This is your host, Sean Galati, back with the homie, the co-host, Samir DaCosta. What up, what up? For episode lucky, number 13. Uh here we go with the OSU podcast for the week. Well, technically it's the Indiana podcast for the week, but we're already looking ahead towards OSU. This is hate week. This is what we love college right. football for. This is Michigan football and this is the biggest game of the year. You don't need me to, need me to tell you that.
1: Honestly, it's interesting because I feel like I've been waiting for this week ever since we beat down on Wisconsin. After that beat time, I was like, okay, we're even if we like squeak by Michigan State and Penn State, we're really not gonna lose those games. And then these last two weeks versus Rutgers and Indiana, you knew we were gonna win. So it was just agonizing building up to this week. But we're finally here. We're
0: finally here, and Galati Pot is still alive, uh, bringing us the bringing you guys the new content. And going off of what you were saying, I mean, I I loved how both coaches on both sides were not downplaying the importance of this game. Urban Meyer was saying, obviously, the pressure's on for this game. And Jim Harbaugh said, this game affects the next 365 days of the year. He said, this game is, quote-unquote, as big as Christmas. I'm like, I don't know why you think Christmas
1: is that important. (laughs) (laughs) This is a little bit more. Uh, I mean, so the reason why I think this game is important is just specifically for the momentum. We win Ohio State. Chances are we beat Northwestern in the finals. And then we're in the college football playoffs. So you get that momentum carrying you into January. Then if you look at the draft, I mean, we're going to have Devin Bush drafted. We're going to probably have um, Rashawn Gary drafted too. Those two cornerbacks, one of them's definitely going to come out, probably both. You're going to have a good run of Michigan players that are getting drafted. Just build up that momentum, you know, because that will help you heading into next year and help you, like, you know, wrangling some of those recruits. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys like Zach Harrison, Kavarius Couch, Crouch. Uh, <laughs> crouch, sorry. <clears throat> um, the Cal from California, the wide receiver. I mean, these are all huge targets that, you know, if we were an eight and five team like last year, I doubt any of them would be considering Michigan at this time.
0: Right. No doubt about that. Uh, I'm not sure about the cornerback part, but hopefully those guys both come back. But that's a, obviously, who knows? Yeah, uh, I doubt both of them The, come the back other boys. guys, I totally agree with you. Obviously, they're gone. But anyway, <laughs> let's go straight into the pod then. We'll break it down, as always. Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, we'll go with some sideline reactions. Uh, lucky for me, I've been saying this repeatedly now on this podcast. I was at the game. We made a quick one-day trip from Chicago to Ann Arbor and back to Chicago the same night uh, just to give these sideline reactions for you. So stay tuned for that. And then uh, we got a quick recruiting update. We'll do presser me this, Twitter me this, a uh, couple real talk over reactions, and then we'll go around the country. Last but not least, we'll do a quick OSU
1: preview. It's Hate Week. We gotta yeah. we gotta talk about the game a little bit. Might not be. It might be our longest preview to date. But I mean, <laughs> it's Hate Week, man. We gotta give you what you want. I mean, typically we just give these teams a minute. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll go a little bit
0: longer than that on the on the end for you. And like always, subscribe. Tell your friends. The podcast is growing. The podcast is spreading. Our Twitter account is blowing up. Uh, still to this day, we just got a like from uh, <laughs> Nick Eubanks yesterday on one of my videos. That was nice. funny. Uh anyway, yeah, so let's jump right into the pod then and, and start it off with the offense against how they looked against Indiana. So Samir, any general thoughts on the offense before we talk about some specifics?
1: Um yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about the offense. Again, it kind of sucked that they kept stalling and we had to kick six field goals. Right. But at the same point, I think it's just a symptom of, hey, we're playing Ohio State next week. Let's just make sure people stay healthy. We're not going to do anything, like, too crazy. And, you know, don't open up the playbook. Don't give Ohio State stuff to prepare for. You know, I mean, I think when the offense needed to move the ball, they did. You know, Shea had eight eight or nine runs. Yep. Um, I I really like that uh, Donovan People jones uh, pass uh, I think it was to Zach Gentry which we got a PI call on so like kind of bringing out some stuff but you know a lot like last week just not much to glean from this offensive performance
0: yeah I think I totally agree with you if there's one central theme to take away from this win it was the offense having difficulty in the red zone and I'm gonna slightly disagree with you on the fact that it was only because we were playing Indiana and that Ohio State was a coming up next that that was what was causing the offensive troubles because we've talked about this before. This is not the first time we brought up our red zone offense being a trouble. Uh you brought it up a few weeks ago and right. said we're our red zone offense is ranked like a hundred something mm-hmm. in the country. So uh, yeah, I think this is our one big problem moving forward. And, uh, the national media is also starting to notice that's our one big problem. So I hope we get it fixed against Ohio state because getting sevens against that team is going to be very important. So right. hopefully we get it fixed up, but there's a couple, uh, specifics I want to talk about. Um, yeah, so Shea Keepers, we were hoping he would get zero carries again. He kept it nine times because we were down in this game in the right. second half. But, yeah, I mean, there were still some plays there where he handed the ball off where he thought, man, the right read is definitely for him to keep this ball. Right. And I think next week he's going to be totally unlimited right. in that that's way. that's true. Um, another thing I want to mention, so... There was an interesting, a really nice wrinkle by Pep Hamilton and Jim Harbaugh this week where Tariq Black and DPJ were lined up on the left side. And there was a play action, and both of them kind of went into run blocking mode. And then both of them ran routes right Right, afterwards. Right, I saw that. DPJ ran a nice slant route, which is where Shea went with the ball. But then Tariq Black just hit this really nice go route and sprinted past the DB. Uh, And actually, the reason why I wanted to bring that up was... Uh, So Shea could have thrown the ball to Tariq. He would have been wide open for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tariq on Twitter, uh, he liked a tweet saying he should have been getting the ball more with that specific play involved. And honestly, to me, now it's just becoming like, I don't really like how he's whining on Twitter. Yeah. he uh, Obviously, he was whining on Twitter during the, about the Rutgers game as well, and he got a end zone target in this game, which he did, he did not come down with. So I'm kind of over the Tariq Black whining on Twitter. Let's get him the ball type of thing
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good for him that he did get a catch last week. Um, I believe that's the first catch of the year. But yeah. I kind of agree with you on the whining thing. He did get a red zone target. Um, if When we actually saw that um, on replay, it did look like there was pass interference on that. The cornerback uh, came in a little too early, but that kind of seems like a bang-bang play. So I don't know if it should have been called. It would have been nice if it would have been called because like it was DPI. but hmm. Right. And then the only other thing I want
0: to quickly mention on offense is that uh, Stuber came in at right tackle right. in place for JBB. <clears throat> uh, I think JBB, because Jim Harbaugh said after the game that Uh, we, he, we made that switch because we were looking ahead for getting JBB prepared for the next week. So hopefully JBB will be ready to go. Um, but there was obviously that change there. So it'll be interesting to see who lines up on Saturday.
1: Uh, all right. That was a quick offense recap. Anything else you want to talk? No, I mean, I, I fully agree with you on the JBB thing. You know, we, he's been one of the more consistent linemen this year especially after we ragged on him last year. So, I mean, it it would be nice for him to, like, finish out his career with, like, a solid performance against Ohio State.
0: For sure. All right. So we'll switch it over to the defense then. Uh, any general thoughts here? So they started off uh, the game, obviously, uh, putting up seven and taking the lead uh, early in the game against us, seven to three. Um, our defense kind of settled in from there. But any general thoughts? The one general theme that I wanted to mention was uh, just that they looked a little bit dirty at times. Not a little bit oh, dirty, yeah. but a lot of it dirty. And I think we obviously had, there's some post game film that's been put, rotated around showing uh, Chase Winovich playing a little bit dirty as well. So I'm not sure how much we fueled into that too. But I mean, so many of our guys were getting injured, partly because of their direct injuries and partly because mm-hmm. it was cold and there's a lot of game delays right. and mm-hmm. people were cramping up. But yeah, what did you think about the defense? Yeah, a ball? lot of
1: cramping up that was uh, not necessarily the best to see. Um, hopefully, they can deal with that, you know, next game. I mean, cramping isn't necessarily like a day-to-day thing it's like you know if you're hydrated you're good to go. so hopefully we can deal with that you know heading into Ohio State again it's gonna be cold so hopefully cramping is not an issue um yeah the defense yeah I think they played well again um kind of like similar to the offense not really doing too much out there I remember like one of the wrinkles that they introduced um during the like Penn State game and the Wisconsin game was like they had the uh, they had a defensive back like looking to play man dropping back in the zone which forced a couple of picks and I think one pick in each of those games yeah um I, I'm assuming that again no new wrinkles were put into the defense just to make sure you know we're not giving away anything for Ohio State so kind of similar in that vein I will say it was kind of concerning I think it was like a like a, just a decent amount of like QB scrambles that they had um. Especially since you know we all watch, most of us watched that Ohio State game before, and it started to look like Haskins has a let's run the ball package um, to his repertoire now. One thing that like made me really comfortable like playing Ohio State is Haskins doesn't run the ball, but it looks like they were kind of saving that for Michigan State and had to bring it out against Maryland. Hmm. So that combined with our lack of being able to defend a mobile quarterback, with Haskins showing that he has a little bit of a running ability. Kind of cause for concern. Again, I kind of trust Don Brown, so Yeah. 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 I that that was the
0: big scare for me was when Devin Bush went straight down to the ground with that cramp. I was like thinking in the back of my mind, this guy is the reason why I'm not scared about mobile quarterbacks. I and mean, when he went down, right. I got started to get scared. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he came right back into the game. So he's one of the injuries we don't really need to be too concerned about. Uh the other ones, like Rashawn got engaged up top. Just while I was watching from the from the stadium, he got engaged up top. Another dude came dude and chopped his legs. That was mm-hmm. dirty. Obviously their offense like landed on Chase Williams. Yeah, number seventy two. A- after yeah. the play was over. Seventy two was just constantly yeah, dirty. dirty. Um, but anyway, we'll hope we get these guys back. Yeah. One thing I specifically want to talk about in the defense is the secondary. So Brandon Watson got beat deep on one right. long pass. He that didn't go for a touchdown, but he got beat long and then uh David Long gave up a touchdown right, on the yeah, left side. Which was I was like wow, I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. And and then he came uh had an injury later where he was like totally limping on the sideline. If you're gonna follow me on Twitter, I'm gonna post this sometime this week. But I have a video of a bunch <laughs> of players and how they were limping on the sideline. David Long being one of them that I'll
1: post. Yeah. Um I, I do think that the, the touchdown that David Long gave up though was like a perfect throw. Like Yeah, it was so I mean, I can't fault him on... I mean, I fault him in the sense that he gave up a touchdown, but if you're going to give up a touchdown on that specific throw, like, I mean, what are you going to do about <laughs> it? There's just, like, nothing you can do
0: about I mean, it. he's done... Uh, just given how so how well he's done so far this year, it still right. makes it kind of a shocker, but I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, David Long yeah. playing the, out of his mind.
1: Nothing I want to add about the defense was Rashawn Gary's had his, like, struggles this year with injury, but it was nice to see him... Uh, Get that—he got a pretty clean sack this game. Because even Devin Bush's sack that Bush got this game was like pretty much all because of Rashawn Gary. But Rashawn had a sack where he like, you sped rushed the guy, had a power, just like then switched to power, just like pushed him away, got a sack. So it's like really nice to see Rashawn kind of you know get that tally. When, you know, he's had a frustrating year this year, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I think he had a full sack and a half this right. this year, this game, which was his highest total so far this year. Uh, so, yeah, good for him. Uh, so, unless Samir's got anything else, we'll switch it over to special teams. Bef- but there's one specific thing I wanted to say before we close it is that Chase Winovich, it was sad to see him leave the last game, his last game at the big house. Uh, with an injury, he ran in the locker room with an injury, but if there's one silver lining for that moment is that the crowd just showered him with Chase, Chase, Chase chance, which was nice. pretty cool to see uh, him get that response as he's leaving the stadium. All right, so we'll switch it over to special teams. Normally, we don't like to dwell on this too much unless DPJ has a big showing uh, or there's a big kicker game, and we got a big kicker game with a big switch at kicker to talk about this week. So, Jake Moody comes out with, apparently after being told just in the pregame that he was going to be the kicker, and he hits a Michigan, all-time Michigan record six field goals, Uh, he was six for six, and... And I think actually there was a Big Ten tweet about this. That was the most field goals in a Big Ten game ever, as well. If he was on Michigan, if he
1: was on your fantasy team, that would have been a lot of points. Yeah, he (laughs) won you a game. Um, So one thing that's interesting is I believe Harbaugh came out after the game and said uh, Nordine was dealing with an illness. But when they, I believe when they showed Moody's first kick, they showed um, Quinn lining up for a field goal in practice and just like absolutely shanking it. And then they said after that Harbaugh's like, okay, Moody's gonna play. And he hit six for six. So yeah, I mean you gotta ride the hot leg right now. Moody's our kicker and I feel more I feel more comfortable. I don't feel comfortable with our kicking game, but I feel more comfortable than I did on say Friday.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're not I'm not gonna get into next week because I'm saving that talk for the real talk over reaction part. But one thing that I thought was really nice that Jake Moody did was Will Hart who was holding for him. He had one snap that he totally botched, but then he quickly recovered it and held it up for Jake. And Jake, the key thing for the kicker to do in that situation is to not stutter, and so you can get the full uh, uh, stride before you kick the ball and get it into the get it in the uprights. And so uh, Jake did not stutter, which some kickers do. And then it really puts the holder in a tough spot, picking up the ball and needing to try to run or f- throw a pass or something. So Jake Moody coming in first game and he wasn't scared. He was ready for the moment and he kicked those and he kicked those right. uh, uh, without fear. So that was impressive
1: to see. Uh, True freshman, too, right? I mean, he's he's young. Oh, I have no idea, actually. Gl- 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 <laughs> pod pause. <for> a- <laughs> I'll switch.
0: I'll go over into sideline reactions while well. Samir gives the people what they want and tells them <laughs> what Jake Moody's status in college is. Uh, all right, so let's switch it over to the sideline reactions then. And the first thing I want to talk about is a negative one. And I already mentioned his name, Tariq Black. Uh, usually in every game, he is dancing with everyone. He's dancing with DPJ. He's dancing with Nico. And he's just got a smile on his face the whole time. Tariq Black's demeanor in this game starts to finish. I didn't see him smile one time. He was kind of just like strutting down the sideline. He just, His demeanor overall was just not happy. And it was like a clear night and day uh, appearance from where he usually is on the sideline. So I wanted to quickly say that. It, I mean, it was un, unrecognizable from nor- normal yeah, Tariq. And, uh, and I think Samir's got the answer to our question. Oh, Jake Moody is a true freshman. True yep, freshman. Yep. Jake Moody stepping up and knocking down a game Michigan record 6-for-6 six six field goals. All right. So we'll keep moving with the sideline reactions. Uh, so there was that play, obviously, where we had a long, long injury wait with uh, Edwards on the special teams play. And I just want to quickly say that Chris Partridge and Tyree Cannell, after that play, were... Furious, they were like Tyree had his helmet off, he had to be pulled away from his teammates, away from the referees. I'm not sure how much they showed on the TV because there was so much of a pause. I feel like it was that commercial, really. Um, and then Chris Parches was just jawing at the referees. It was like, I mean, Chris Parches is usually animated, Tyree Cannell is not, but both of them were just absolutely furious.
1: I, I think, um, so a couple of the other Michigan podcasts that I've listened to have talked about. Uh, I think the Michigan like Twitter sphere of just hates Ed O'Neill and his crew the the ref that ref that game, and I think the the prevailing uh, like sentiment for this game was like there were just cheap shots from Indiana all throughout the game, and it seems like this hit just like was you know building up, building up, and just kind of happened, and you know in those situations you never you know you never want refs to like influence a game but there has to be a point where like player safety comes into play where you're like like that hit on chase winovich like that should have been a personal foul right and it just like wasn't you know like at what point do you like actually step in and say hey player safety is actually more important than like wins and losses and this this ref crew clearly did not do that
0: right uh, and that'll be interesting to see what happens next week, because obviously Michigan, Indiana is not a long-standing rivalry. At, it's not a rivalry at all. Right. <laughs> uh, Michigan, Ohio State is. So we know there's going to be a lot of after the play action uh, happening. Uh, third sideline reaction is so Chase Winovich came off the field like in the first quarter and he took off his helmet and he was talking to the people behind me. And I think it's, it's his family that was sitting behind me. And I think there must have been some unnecessary uh after the play roughness happening early on in the game. Cause he was like, he took off his helmet and he said, I don't know what to do. I don't have a choice. And me and me and the people sitting next to me in the room was like, Are you talking to me? Like who are you talking? <laughs> we had no idea. And uh and we were like, Oh, all right, yes, all right. you do you. <laughs> um but yeah, I think he was referring to the roughness stuff. Um and uh One uh, thing about Shea Patterson in the second half. Uh, So he was just impressive in his demeanor throughout the game. So we were down, obviously, in the second half. He was looking to stay fresh. Uh, warming up on the sideline repeatedly in the second half. A lot of quarterbacks that I've seen in years past on the sideline don't do that. They When they're out of the game, they're talking to coaches or sitting on the bench. Shea Patterson was trying to stay warm and trying to stay fresh and throwing a lot of passes on the sideline. And I think that's okay. a big reason why you don't see him cramping up in this game. Yeah. Uh, and then I got a laundry list of injuries to talk about. David Long, I saw limping on the sideline. Aubrey Solomon, big limp on the sideline. Rashawn Gary, big limp on the sideline. I think I have videos of all three of those that I'll post
1: sometime this week. At Gulati Pod, G <laughs> U L A T I P O D. If you aren't subscribed to Gulati Pod on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing right now. These sideline reactions, especially from the Penn State game, were gold. You need to check those out. Thanks, Samir.
0: Appreciate the love. And if you, and actually, the most fire sideline reaction videos from this past week are still the cums. The ones i posted so far are the, definitely the most nice, boring. Nice. <laughs> uh, so what else? So Devin Bush obviously had the cramp. He came back in. Uh, Chase Winovich went to the locker room. Uh, obviously, we already talked about that. And then Kalik Hudson, he had a trainer using the roller on his hamstrings, and he later came down with some cramps too. So a bunch, I mean, all of those guys are defensive guys and like our best players on defense and all of them had cramping uh, or slash limping issues on the sideline. So hopefully we can get that fixed because this this is our core right here. Right. Um, and then quickly to end the sideline reactions, uh, JBB... Shea Patterson and Tyree Cannell like all usher their families onto the field after the stadium. I'll post some videos of this, and nice. that was really cool to see uh, them sharing some smiles and some pictures on the field after the game. All right, so we'll end the sideline reactions right there, um, and we'll go into a quick recruiting update. So we got a big commit this week in we four-star Jalen Perry, uh, cornerback from Georgia. And I mean, that was one of our spots that we were not so heavy in
1: before that commitment. Right.
0: And so that was awesome to see.
1: And I just want to say breaking news. Sam Webb just crystal balled Zach Harrison to Michigan.
0: Oh, is that right? Yes. All right. So I think there was already a bunch of crystal balls falling into place for Michigan already. But now Sam Webb, who obviously has some intel, uh, crystal balled Zach Harrison to Michigan as well. The five star defensive end from Ohio. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then let's go into the presser me this portion of the pod. And this one is pretty obvious where I'm going to go. This one goes to Karan Higdon. Yep. Uh, yesterday he was asked, uh, would you be willing to go as far as Jim Harbaugh did and guarantee a win? He does a little look to the left, look to the right. And then Karan
1: Higdon says yes. So, I mean, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'm glad he did it. Like, so first thing, like him guaranteeing a win doesn't like... I don't feel like for this game it makes Ohio State more motivated versus like Michigan like less motivated or anything. I just think I mean, it's fine that he said that. I don't think it affects the game, so I'm cool with him doing it. Um the other thing is uh so we talked about Kron Higdon, but I actually thought the funnier thing was his brother on Twitter just like <laughs> trolling people, which is I don't know. I just thought it was hilarious. That's kind of what Twitter's for. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So if you don't know what Samir's talking about, so Mike Weber, who's from Detroit, Michigan, he was in the same recruiting class as Karan Higdon. Because Karan was getting recruited by Michigan, he decides to go to Ohio State. So uh, Mike Weber then tweets, uh, I guarantee a win or whatever. The SpongeBob meme. With a SpongeBob meme. And then Karan Higdon's brother, I was like, I don't know why you're subtweeting my brother when he's the one, when he's the reason why you went to Ohio, kicked you out of your state in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was pretty funny. And then the twiddle me this award of the week (laughs) goes to Cesar Ruiz. This was hilarious. So Michigan football. Week after week after we win, we'll post a video of all the team high-fiving in the locker room, yeah. led by Jim Harbaugh. So they posted one of those. And then Cesar Weed uh, retweets it and says, uh, it was all good until somebody pooted. <laughs> and he puts a gust of wind emoji. So if you look at the video, everybody's high-fiving. And then suddenly the camera pans over Cesar Ruiz's face and he just got like this stank face as if somebody just farted. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> and then, so he tweeted, it's all good until somebody pooted." Another player commented to Cesar was like, man, you're so childish. <laughs> so that, I mean,
1: he's like what? He's like 19? He's a true sophomore. Yeah, exactly. That's okay.
0: Yeah, I forgive him. You keep doing you. <laughs> For sure. All right. So let's switch it up then. We'll go real talk or overreaction. We got a couple hot ones. Samir already kind of alluded to what he thinks about this one.
1: <laughs> (laughs) wait I'm watching
0: that right now sorry pod reaction right there it's really funny everyone turns in a galati pod to see Samir live reaction to watching videos on twitter so we'll give the people what they want (laughs) and then we'll switch topics now we'll go real talk or overreaction Samir real talk or overreaction Jake Moody is our kicker against Ohio State
1: I think he is our kicker against Ohio State And I'm going to say, no matter what the distance is, if it's a 51-yard field goal, I still think we trot out Jake Moody instead of Quinn Nordine. I mean, obviously, anything inside 40 yards, I think Jake Moody's kind of going to handle that. But, I mean, obviously, anything after that, you're really worried. And I still think we put out Jake Moody. you got to ride the hot leg. Not the hot hand, the hot leg.
0: That's right. Yeah. I, that's a hot take. I didn't even ask for that. Samir just drops the hot take on us for beyond 40. So I I agree with you, the under 40 part. I think Jake Moody's our kicker. Uh, obviously, Quinn Ordine he started off the year a lot better than where he finished it. And apparently, in the warm ups last week, he was shanking some kicks there, too. Uh, yeah, I think Jake Moody, he's the fresh, he's got the fresh leg. Uh, he was six for six impressive against, uh, Indiana. I would keep him the kicker as well. I'm not sure what this means next year and beyond because Quinn already was obviously a very highly touted kicker that we recruited, Right. but yeah, I'm going to say, I actually don't think we even, I mean, I don't really know Jake Moody's full, uh, how far he can kick it. But, yeah, I'm going to say I don't even think we attempt at ones that are that long because I'm not sure if I trust Quinn or Dean right now, especially in this important game. I think we either go for it in fourth down in those situations or punt it. We'll see. Will Hart's obviously been really well. – we're doing really good this year. Um, and then our second real talk reaction is Chase Winovich misses the game.
1: I struggle with this one. But I'm going to say – Real talk. And honestly, I have nothing to back it up. So I'm just <laughs> gonna shut up after this. But I do think that he misses the game. Okay. Uh so
0: I'm gonna say it's an overreaction. I think he plays, but I have some <laughs> information to back it up. So so here hear what the players have said about him this week. So Devin Bush yesterday actually put some doubt on it. He said, I'm not sure if he's playing or if he's not playing. Right. Uh, then Chase Winovich also, he he's who makes me think he's playing this game. So Chase Winovich posted on Instagram saying, for all those who are celebrating my demise, you're celebrating too soon and that he's going to play. It was still cryptic whether he was referring to it this week or not. But right. then Shay Patterson had his press conference uh, right before we recorded this pod on uh, Tuesday, November 20th. And he's like, so they asked him, obviously, he has insider info. He's roommates with Chase Winovich. And he said he's not sure. But if he were to, if he's said he assumes he's going to play, hmm. but he's not sure. So we'll see. It is still up in the air for sure if Jay Patterson's saying that. Um, so we'll see what happens on Saturday. Obviously, he's a key component, uh, key component of our defensive line. I will say the civil landing probably is that our defensive line is so deep that if we're going to lose a player, it should be on the defensive line. Right. But he's awesome. We don't want him to miss yeah, time. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I think the, the interesting thing is in this, like with Ohio State Week, There could be posturing on either side of like, oh, Chase isn't going to play just to make Ohio State think he is going to play versus like Chase, like going to play versus not playing. So I feel like it's this week. It's just going to be really hard to get a read on that situation. The other thing is with uh, Isaiah Prince being like Ohio State's just weakest link on that offensive line. You kind of wanted to see Shea just eat him. I'm not Shea. Sorry, Chase just eat him up. And man, I really hope I'm wrong, but I. Still don't think he's going to play.
0: Okay, so we'll see what happens. That's going to be interesting to see. So now we'll switch topics, get into what? A big game that everybody wants to talk about. We're going to go around the country, uh, led by Samir. And uh, so we could talk about the college football player for rankings as well. It's really nothing new, so we're not going to yeah. spend too much time on it. I'll quickly say off the top six teams, just so everyone's on the same page. But if you know anything about college football, this has not changed in the past two weeks. Uh, but anyway, here it is: number one, Alabama, then Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan at four, Georgia at five, and then Oklahoma at six. One thing that's interesting in this top ten is that Ohio State uh, has is stayed at at the number 10 spot, right. despite their close win against Maryland. So we'll go around the country now, led by Samir. Uh, Samir, which uh, conference slash team slash game do you want to start um, off with?
1: I think we can start with everyone's favorite conference, the SEC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's clearly the committee's <laughs> and largely America's favorite yeah. conference. So.
1: Um, again, Georgia-Alabama in the conference championship. Uh, which is guaranteed now. With, yeah, guaranteed um alabama's gonna play like a pretty not good auburn team i don't believe georgia's playing anyone tough either Um, georgia
0: is playing uh georgia tech at home right
1: and i don't think georgia tech is any good this year yep so that game's not neither of those games are gonna be interesting this weekend kind of looking for them to match up and then you're just hoping for alabama to knock off georgia take that one sec spot don't take two SEC spots in the championship game.
0: Absolutely. Yep. I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah. Uh, all right. So which conference do you want to talk about next?
1: Next, uh, we could talk about the Big Ten. Uh, sure. Oh, let's talk about the ACC. At this point, it's Clemson spot. The Clemson Clemson's Conference. Yeah. not the, Yeah, the Clemson Conference. America's Clemson yeah. Conference. Yeah. Um, next, uh, non-conference-y people such as Notre Dame. Um, you know, we all thought they had a tough game left in Syracuse since they were ranked twelve. Notre Dame went in and just obliterated them. So, honestly, Notre Dame is a really good team. They're playing a really bad USC team. So, expect them to stay undefeated and get the third spot in the college football playoffs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not one of those people who thought it was, uh, Syracuse was a good team. Uh, it was definitely their toughest test remaining on the schedule. Um, either. Now, I mean, now they have to go at USC, so that could be an interesting game, but probably not. Cause USC is terrible. Yeah. They
1: just lost to like a three and eight UCLA <laughs> team. So they're not
0: good. Right. Syracuse definitely just got the bump because they, Played a close game against Clemson, right. uh, but I think it was interesting where Syracuse fell this week. Syracuse fell to twenty in the rankings this week, which is behind Northwestern, which I think is well deserved that Northwestern right. should be ranked uh, ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all, so, all right, so then obviously the big Big Ten game is ours this week. Yeah, uh, um, Northwestern is coming out of the West. We don't. We're already going to talk about that later in the pod. So let's right because I mean, I mean
1: to- even if Northwestern wins out, they're not going to go to the college football playoffs. Right. OSU Michigan for the Big Ten East. Um, This is really a bigger game for Michigan than Ohio State in terms of college football playoffs. Because if Michigan can win, you're most likely going to maintain that number four spot. If Ohio State wins, you still have to jump a two-loss LSU team, which is going to win this week and not play anyone for the next couple weeks. You're going to have to jump a Washington State team who is rolling on all cylinders right now. Mm -hmm. They do have a tough game we'll talk about later. And then you also have to jump an undefeated UCF team, which I mean, Ohio State is ranked number ten and I think that's warranted just because, you know, even though they're ten and one, they've squeaked out these games against the not good teams. Right. So I don't know if Ohio State would jump if it's a close game and Ohio State wins, I don't know if they jump UCF. Right. So, yeah. So
0: Samir is alluding to the UCF is ranked at nine ahead of Ohio State this right. week, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, and
1: then and the other one is Oklahoma. Oklahoma right. is ranked way ahead of them. Oklahoma is ranked six right now. Oklahoma, I could see losing along the way, but I mean Ohio State just has a lot of ground to make up to get into that top four.
0: For sure. Totally agree. So which conference do you want to talk um, about next? The
1: next one we can talk about. Um, is the Pac-12. Um, I think this one's pretty easy. They're out right now. Pa- the Pac-12 just doesn't play hard not conference games, which really seems to bite them in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, but Washington State is playing Washington, and the cool thing about this, this is like a Friday night game, the Apple Cup Ooh. in the Palouse. Ooh. Um, so it'll be a very nice primer for that Michigan-Ohio State game the next day. So, you know, should be a good game. Washington, very talented team. Washington State firing on all cylinders on yeah. offense right now. So I mean really we want Washington to win. Just you know, put just take Washington State just out of the conversation.
0: For sure. Totally agree there.
1: Okay. Nothing to add other than that game used to be yeah. called the Crapple <laughs> yeah. Cup, which is amazing. <laughs> and then the last conference, in my opinion, the most interesting is the Big 12, because right now the top three teams are Oklahoma, which is one Big 12 loss, Texas, which is two Big 12 losses. And West Virginia, which also has two Big 12 losses. Last two weeks ago, we talked about our best friend being Oklahoma State because they play Oklahoma and West Virginia back to back weeks. Right. They we were heartbroken last pod that they only lost by one to Oklahoma. But they did take down West Virginia, taking them out of the conversation. Right. Which was amazing for us. Now it'd be nice if West Virginia can beat Oklahoma and in that vein knock. Just completely, like, you know, like we talked about Washington State losing and taking the Pac 12 out, an Oklahoma loss would really take out the Big 12 with them having nothing to show for.
0: For sure. I mean, and the only thing I want to add to that is the game specifically, the Oklahoma State versus West Virginia game. Uh, Oklahoma State was down double digits in the fourth quarter and they came back and won that game, which was a huge, impressive performance by them. Uh, if only they hung on uh, with that two point conversion to win the game against Oklahoma, that would have been an epic performance by them to knock out <laughs> that whole conference. Um, is there any other conference? I think we hit them all, right?
1: Right. We hit them all. That Oklahoma West Virginia game is also a Friday game. So just like a lot of sweet, sweet primers for that Ohio state and Michigan game. A lot of good football Thursday. We got the lions Friday. We got two big games to possibly determine its college football playoffs and then Saturday, obviously, the big kahuna Michigan, Ohio State.
0: For sure. And so we'll end the Around the Country segment right after we, I mean, we, I don't know how we somehow forgot to talk about what happened in the OSU-Maryland game. We got to talk about that game a little bit specifically in just that uh, OSU, so Maryland had a key two-point conversion to win the game in overtime. The receiver was wide open in the end zone, and Maryland's quarterback, who was having an unbelievable, unbelievable game, game, he was yeah. ha- throwing these amazing deep balls. was playing really well. Uh, he kept me at home at, home, at a friend's house, uh, prevented us from going to the game to watch the first quarter uh, of the Michigan game because we wanted to see what happened in this game. He was wide open in the end zone, and just straight up, the quarterback threw it into the dirt. And that game was super frustrating because, in my opinion, uh, if Ohio Ohio State winning that game significantly lowered the floor for Michigan's football season. If they right. if they if they lost that game, our worst case scenario this week is losing this week, but then we still go to the Big Ten championship game and play for the Big Ten. Right. But if if Ohio State, uh, uh, but so them uh, losing, if they would have lost that game, uh, so yeah, I already said what happened. Yeah, if we
1: if they, they would have lost that game. Like the SEC, the big, uh, the Big Ten championship game would also have been determined right before exactly. the last game was even
0: played. But they won that game, um, and in my opinion, them winning that game it could potentially increase the ceiling of our season if it helps us getting in the playoff against a higher ranked Ohio State game. Ohio State team, but in my opinion, it's probably going to be the same result. Uh, them coming off a loss versus them coming off a win wouldn't have impacted our season. If we beat them, we would have gone to the college football playoff either way. So, yeah, that was heartbreaking to see. It would have been nice even just for planning purposes for going right. to Indianapolis. Uh, but anyway, yeah, one, we, we got our all our goals still ahead of us, so yeah. let's just get the job done.
1: Uh, the one other thing that I want to add is... So the college football rankings came out about an hour and a half ago. Um and Westgate actually released hypothetical lines that the two played right now. Michigan would be minus no, sorry. Alabama would be minus 13 against Michigan and Clemson would be minus 11 and a half against Notre Dame. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Oh, I mean, so two
0: double digit games is what it predicts for right. the opening round.
1: And I and I wonder And I I truly wonder what the line would be if, you know, let's say, you know, top seeds advance, Alabama plays Clemson. What would be the line over there? I bet it would also be double digits.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we'll end around the country then right there. And we'll head into the OSU Minute slash rap outro. Uh, And this week we got Takeover by Jay-Z. and so, if we needed extra time to talk about this segment, we also got a bonus track, uh, which is "Break Your Neck" by Buster Rhines, Both just talking about how we're heading into Hate Week, heading into Ohio State Week. Uh, we got to beat this team, so we got some aggressive ass uh, rap songs for you this <laughs> week. Um. Anyway, what did you think? What do you think about Ohio State as
1: our opponent and just the game overall? Um, I am super excited for this game. This kind of reminds me of 2016, just getting back to that dominant team, playing Ohio State for something that actually matters. Right. Um, Yeah, heading into that week, I was super nervous. Because we weren't actually favored that week, but we are favored to win this week. We're actually minus four, which is pretty crazy to head into Ohio State, a place we haven't won in 18 years, and be favored. So I'm nervous, but, like, super excited to just see – what we have because if Chase can come back we're like a fully functional healthy team with no injuries heading into that game which hasn't happened in like 10 years right yeah so I'm super excited for this game no shocker
0: there uh and yeah I just think we're the better team I think we just got to take care of business now uh all of our goals are still ahead of us obviously including the big 10 championship including getting into the college football playoff uh I just want I just want no BS in this game. Obviously, there's going to be calls that go our way. There's going to be calls that go their way. I just want an overall fairly rough game. Hopefully, no sloppy weather, and we just got to take care of the football. No turnovers in this game, or limit the turnovers. Obviously, yeah. two years ago we had multiple turnovers. Yeah, he's three. pick six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, I think fumbled we had a fumble. the snap. Yeah, yeah. So we just got to take care of business, like in that sense, and then I think we can just win the game. I think we're the better team. We'll win the game if we don't make up these, don't get these sloppy mistakes and don't get a fair whistle from the ref. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, And the only thing I want to talk about specifically in terms of scheme is their passing offense. How do you think we match up against their passing offense? Uh,
1: I think we match up well with our corners, but I mean, these are probably going to be the fastest receivers we've seen this year. So again, an extra challenge on our wide receivers. I mean, on our cornerback. sorry. But I think one of the interesting things is how much time does Dwayne Haskins get in the pocket? I mean, this is probably the most talented defensive line that Ohio State's seen. And they've proven throughout the weeks that they really are not good against the pass rush. Right.
0: Yeah, I think we'll get them there. But Dwayne Haskins, I mean, all cre- you have to give him credit in terms of how impressive he's looked as a passer this season. Heisman candidate for part of the year. Um, yeah, again, going back to what I said about our defensive backs against Indiana, I hope we eliminate those mistakes. We've, not, we've shown we can play in really impressive in the secondary this whole year. So I hope we just get back to form and just wreck havoc for Dwayne Haskins. If we can limit his time in the pocket everything's gonna bode well for us so we'll see what happens right. with that uh any more thoughts before we get into what everybody wants to do <laughs> every everybody wants to see on this pod before we end it Ooh,
1: yeah a couple non non-michigan football thoughts number one yeah congratulations to nebraska <laughs> beating michigan state Ooh. six to nine nine to six like what kind of a score is that <laughs> no touchdowns michigan state's offense might be the worst offense in the big ten they look Terrible. Yep. And another thing is, congratulations to the basketball team ranked in the top ten. The stat I saw was I think this is the first time since 1992 we've had both the basketball team and the football team ranked in the top ten at the same time. Boom. Yeah. So I, I mean that's hard to do with like the way the seasons line up, but still it's pretty cool to see our. You know we talk about Michigan's football defense being number one. Michigan's basketball defense is. On another level Yeah So I think we have a big game Against North Carolina Coming up in the next couple of weeks We might go Galati pot again Do a specific basketball <laughs> episode I don't know We'll see about that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah we'll see We'll see We got a lot to talk
0: about So we'll see yeah. how we're Breaking out the pot Uh, And then just about what you were saying. Currently, we are the only school that is in the top 10 of both football and basketball. So shout out to Michigan. Shout out to us for getting that job done. And now we'll switch it up and bring back everybody's favorite guest, Bowie the Dog, straight from the streets of India, as Samir likes to say. Right. And she will give her Ohio State pick, her fourth and final pick on the Revenge Tour. And just so you guys are... uh, uh, aware, I have not lied about her pick each one of these three times. She has picked Michigan each of these three times. And I'm going to tell the truth again. Honestly, I'm kind of scared she picks Ohio State and we have to end the pod that way. But it's going to happen the way it happens. Bowie's going to make her picks. So we're going to go ahead and end the pod right there. And you can come back after this wrap outro for Bowie's final pick. So go blue. Peace out. We out. Be, beat Ohio State and
1: go blue. All right, folks. If you made it this far, we are back on the Gelati Pod, back for Bowie's next pick. She is three and zero, and hopefully she can be four and zero with a Michigan pick. We have this time meticulously picked two treats that look exactly the same, so we're not playing any favorites. We're really hoping Mich- Bowie picks Michigan. She is a savant. Um, except for sometimes she gets in the trash. But uh, we're going we're gonna to kick off the pick right now. All right. So
0: Samir is getting the,
1: getting the experiment
0: set up as I break down this narration for you. So Samir has two treats in his hand. One is Michigan and one is Ohio State, and Bowie is sitting patiently waiting for Samir to release the dog. We have Michigan in the left hand and Ohio State in the right hand. Who will Bowie choose? The dog is still sitting. The dog is released and the dog picks Michigan. Oh my God. I don't know why I care so much about what Bowie picks, but she's 3-0 and on the year so far and we can go ahead and end the 13th episode of the Galati Pod with a Bowie fourth straight pick for Michigan. So hopefully we can get the job done on Saturday and keep Bowie 4-0 on the season. Go Blue. Peace out. We out. Beat Ohio State. Beat the Buckeyes. It's about damn time. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. We out.